0: We compete against everybody like who's not vegan. And the point is we're trying to show that like, we can hang, basically, as vegan athletes, and a lot of times we win. You don't need to eat meat or consume whey protein or egg whites, and you can still be a strong, competitive strength athlete, right.
1: specifically. When you beat someone else, fair is fair. You've taken a podium placing, and now you have a chance to be seen as an athlete who can be competitive.
2: Hey everyone, this is Ryan from Ethics Fitness, and you are listening to season two of the Ethics Approach podcast, the podcast where we highlight inspirational vegan athletes and what they do to absolutely kill it on a plant-based diet. If you haven't already, it would really help out if you subscribed to, liked, commented, and or shared any of the content I'm producing, including this podcast, ethics coaching services, articles and training programs available on ethicsfitness.com, videos on YouTube, and more. Links for those will be in the description, and I truly appreciate everyone listening for all of the continued love and support. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with the vegan fitness power couple themselves, Danny Taylor and Giacomo Marchese. Danny and Giacomo have been involved in the vegan fitness space for years now and originally met through the veganbodybuilding.com message boards around 2008 during a meetup event. They started their joint business, Vegan Proteins, shortly after, which was an online storefront for all kinds of vegan protein brands. Over the years, they eventually converted it to a vegan fitness coaching team as the online storefront space became more competitive and have now also started Vegan Strong, which is a similar team consisting of athletes, nutritionists, authors, and coaches with a goal of educating others at events about building a strong, healthy, and impressive body on a plant-based diet. They also started its subsidiary called Plant Built, which is a collective of high-level plant-based strength and physique athletes who compete at events. Danny and Giacomo truly walk the walk also, and have both competed at high levels in both bodybuilding and other sports themselves. Danny and Giacomo get into the details of how they met, their reasons for going vegan, what drew them to fitness and competing, how plant-based foods have evolved over the years, building muscle and strength on a plant-based diet, and so much more. This was a really great episode with two amazing and influential people in the vegan fitness space. And I think you'll enjoy their stories and commentary just as much as I did. Danny can be found on Instagram at vegan proteins and Giacomo can be found at musclesbybrussels. Brussels. Check out their coaching website at veganproteins.com and their vegan health and fitness collectives at veganstrong.com and plantbuilt.com. They also have a podcast called Muscles by Brussels Radio, which can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Thanks so much again to Danny and Giacomo, and without further ado, enjoy the show. What's up, guys? This is Ryan with the 8th Approach Podcast, and today I am here with Danny and Giacomo. Uh, What's up, guys? Thank you guys so much for coming on.
0: Yeah, thank you for having us. Excited to be here.
2: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Cool. Um, so do you guys want to do a quick uh, little intro for you know who you guys are, uh, what you do, things like that, just for anyone who doesn't know?
0: Yeah. So my name is Danny Taylor. I've been vegan for 22 years, and I am currently a full-time coach to vegan athletes
1: with Giacomo. And my name is Giacomo Marchese. I've been vegan for almost 20 years. I am a champion powerlifter and bodybuilder and also a coach
2: to vegan athletes. You guys have been vegan for so long. <laughs> I love that. Like, it's, it's, so, it's so nice to hear of people who have been vegan for so long, because I feel like you guys have paved the way for, for all of us, you know, who are a little, little newer. I've been vegan for, uh, let's see, eight years now. And when I hear people who have been vegan for like 20, 22 years, I immediately get so interested to hear about, like, your guys' story there so do we do you guys want to jump right into that like i'm so curious about like i guess first of all like did you guys meet before you went vegan or what was the story there
0: we were vegan already when we met our like meeting story is actually very interesting so we met on veganbodybuilding.com back in 2008 like before i mean facebook existed but it wasn't what it is now myspace was basically dying like that's where you yeah, went yeah. to hang out and talk about vegan fitness. So, yeah, we met on there just as friends.
2: Yeah. Um, so that was back in 2008 when you guys met. Mm-hmm. And, and, okay, so you guys are both already vegan at that point. And in, yes. into lifting, obviously. So you had two things knocked off. Like, you were just like, all right, cool. We're already on the same page with that.
0: Yeah, two <laughs> big things. <laughs> Those are big deal yeah, big things. So, yeah.
2: So what was, was, what was the next step?
1: <laughs> for that well we had a meetup for our bodybuilding forum and what an opportunity to meet bodybuilding vegan friends that only exist inside of a computer but no they're there in real life and we went to go meet them and Danny was like hey we're one of the the only two on the east coast in this bodybuilding forum that are going to this meetup why don't we go out together I'm like you know what That's a phenomenal idea. Let's do that. And that's how Danny and I sort of hit it off because we met
2: before we met up with everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What what area were you guys living in back then?
0: Uh, I was in Massachusetts, where in the Mm -hmm. town we are now. This is where I grew up, and Giacomo was in Brooklyn. And I Mm -hmm. had never flown alone before so i just messaged him i was like hey how about i just like drive to you and we can fly together it was like my low-key way of being afraid to fly alone
2: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> um and yeah and, we just ended up hitting it off
2: that's awesome so where was this uh this vegan meetup that you had to fly to oregon portland that was oregon because mm-hmm. uh, you guys lived there for a little bit too right am i, am I crazy
1: well, funny story about that is that we went out there because it was a dream come true because that's where we met everybody and we fell in love with the area and we thought Well, our friends are here and they no longer have to be in the computer. Spoiler alert, everybody seemed to have moved the second we got there. So it was just her and
2: I, which was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. we moved out. We moved all the way across the country and then everybody we knew moved out. And we were like, okay, cool. Bye.
2: <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. I feel like it just, <laughs> um, But Portland, was it kind of a hub for vegan food like it is now back then?
0: Oh yeah, it was like the best place to be vegan in the country. True story, I gained like 20 pounds in the first six months of living there. Uh, (laughs) This was like after I had successfully lost almost 100 pounds and then I move out there and all of a sudden, I was just not used to like going to a gas station and well, gas station is a bad example because you can't pump your own gas, but like going to a convenience store (laughs) and seeing like vegan cookies on the counter. I I just wasn't used to it. I had to like recalibrate what it meant to eat properly. But yeah, that was a really fun six months
2: (laughs) when we first moved there. That, that makes sense. And this was, uh, this was years ago still at this point, right? Like what year was that when you guys ended up moving there?
0: 2008, (laughs) we, we met and like moved out like three months later. <laughs> um, like was this
2: right after the the meetup you guys went to basically?
0: Yeah. Yeah, probably not even 3 months after. Yeah, we were kind of crazy.
2: Looking <laughs> back, I don't know if we would have done it
1: the same way, but try reasoning with us back then. We were hell bent on just dropping everything and mm-hmm. flying high in love and on a dream, which was a pipe dream at then, but hey, we're still here doing it. So Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, all right, so this is 2008, you guys moved to Portland, and uh, I guess you guys started dating right before that, I assume, right? So you guys were dating for a few months and then just moved right to Portland?
0: You sound like my parents now. Yes, yeah, we were, we had just, it was crazy, it was just Mm -hmm. like a whirlwind romance madness move across yeah. the country, you know, probably wouldn't recommend that to most people at this point in my life. But like Jagmo said, like it, it worked out for us. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it worked out, obviously. And you guys, uh, you guys knew each other for a while before because you guys were like internet, you know, friends through the internet and everything, which makes sense. Um. So, all right. So after this, I'm, I'm curious about like going through the timeline here. You guys lived in Portland for a few years, at least, I assume.
0: Three, I think. Yeah
2: three and then during this time did did you guys start having the ideas to i mean i guess were you guys competing in in bodybuilding and such at this point or and powerlifting
0: i wasn't at all like i had no aspirations to ever compete at that point i was just like Mm. a vegan girl who liked fitness but giacomo was into competing so you you should talk about that
1: yep i had already competed five years before we had moved out there and Uh i had intentions on doing it again when Robert Cheek hit me up and he was like, hey, I want to compete with you and I want to get the cameras rolling and seeing what could co- see what can come out of it. It seems like an opportunity mm-hmm. with you here. So we developed a whole project together and wound up competing together out there.
0: Yeah, so they were oh. filming a documentary. Mm-hmm. They were gonna film mm-hmm. a documentary. Robert Giacomo and this other guy, Jimmy, uh, we're all going to compete. Three vegan bodybuilders competing on the same stage. It was insane yeah. <laughs> uh, back then. Um, the documentary never actually like came out, even though there was so much time and money spent filming it. I'm sure you understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while that was happening, while we were filming it, Giacomo and I started a fundraiser Mm -hmm. selling vegan protein powder online. So Mm -hmm. Sun Warrior brown rice protein powder back in the day was a big deal. And we started selling it online. And then when it never happened, we were like, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. But people were like, no, please, please keep selling this because I can't find it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that is how Vegan Proteins, our company, started. We were the first and only online vegan supplement shop in the world. So we started as a supplement store and we ran that for mm. like s- seven years, six Quite or seven years. some time years.
1: actually. We watched a whole uh-huh. evolution of there being nothing on the market to where it right. is today. from start to finish.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so, cu- this is kind of a di- diverting a little bit, but I feel like it's also a good segue. I'm so curious to hear about uh, your guys' experience with just seeing the whole vegan, uh, like the plant-based food options like kind of evolve, like, you know, through all this time. And also, in terms of all the 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 fitness-based kind of, like all the protein options and stuff, like you guys really saw all this just like develop. And I'm really curious to hear your guys' perspective on all that. Like how, how, was it really hard back then to find these, I guess it was hard to find the protein powders, but like in general, was it hard to eat vegan? Like way harder to eat plant-based back then?
0: Uh, You know, I I went vegan here in this small town in Massachusetts and I never had any problems, honestly, going uh-huh. vegan. It's nothing like it is today though. Like back then you just kind of, if you went vegan, you just knew, okay, well, I guess I'm never gonna have this food again. And you just kind of made peace with it. Like cheese was, there was no cheese. There was no vegan cheese, nothing, zero, nothing. (laughs) Um, So you're just like, guess I'm never having cheese again for the rest of my life. Okay. (laughs) And you just moved on. but then moving to portland like i said it was just like mind blowing to me to see anything like that giacomo was coming from new york city where there's lots of stuff but not as much as there seemed to be
1: in portland right right and even still the options were very limited compared to where they are today and there were a lot of the companies and a lot of the products that you see today, that you take for granted back then, they were not in the mainstream and those companies were still developing lots of new stuff and they were still very hard to find and come by.
0: Yeah, yeah. but as far as like sports stuff went, there we didn't used to call pea protein pea protein. It used to be called gamma, G-E-M-M-A. That's what everybody referred oh. to it as, gamma protein. And you had a special order gamma online if you wanted mm-hmm. to get any protein powder that wasn't just soy which was also hard to find so Mm. yeah going from that to now you can literally walk into cvs or walmart and have a wall of plant-based proteins to choose from and seeing that happen inside of 15 years Uh was just crazy
2: yeah it really blew up and it's crazy because a lot of people nowadays still think that eating plant-based is hard and it's like dude you can go to a Taco Bell and order all this food. You can go to a, a Burger King and walk in there and get an Impossible Whopper. Like I never thought I would see that, and I've only been vegan for 8 years now. And like it's still come that far where it's just, it's it's like mainstream, you know, but people still think it's it's hard to be eat plant-based, which is nuts.
0: It is nuts, and I, I can't, like, I don't make fun of anybody that says that, but I do <laughs> always think it's funny, especially when, like, brand new vegans are like, oh, man, you know, this was really hard, and I fell on, like, an old lady, like, well, back in my day.
2: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in my day, a I ate different. cans of beans for dinner. Exactly.
0: Yep. 100 <laughs> I remember, like, drinking soy milk as the protein source for my meal, because that's what yeah, I could
2: find. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, now you, you mentioned that. Um, wasn't soy way more... More, eat like I know soy has this whole stigma about it still, but wasn't it way more stigmatized back then like the the myths were like even more rampant
0: i you know I don't think so only because oh. nobody was eating it, so there nobody oh. cared back then um you know the milk section of the grocery store was milk that's it it was cow's milk and then like one container of soy milk and one container of rice milk, and that was it so People didn't really give much thought to soy at all that I yeah. recall back then. Maybe it was yeah. different for you because you're a guy.
1: I was already into health before I went vegan, and I had already mm-hmm. seen kind of how there was a lot of stigma around soy in general. In the fitness mm-hmm. world, there was people were challenging that idea. Like you would go to a, the end of a race that i ran for example i'm just thinking of a memory and at the end like my friends having conversation with me and they're kind of like pushing like an anti-soy almost an anti-soy campaign like oh phyto this and that blah 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 so there was mm-hmm. a there was a big smear campaign for a while but over time the science has consistently shown that there is there's nothing there really so right.
0: also back then veganism went in a really weird direction
1: mm-hmm. where mm-hmm.
0: nobody was vegan but the very, very few people who were vegan went like straight to raw foodism. That oh. was, I never did that, but I remember like that, uh, if you took all of the vegans in the country, probably like 60 or 70% of them were raw foodists. Was it that big? Yeah. Wow,
2: really? It was,
0: yeah, it was wild. No, that's oh, not gosh. the case anymore because those people like realized that doesn't make sense and they gave up, but-
2: <laughs> Yep, they, they all, they all for went carnivore.
0: Yeah, yes. <laughs> You're a hundred percent right. That's exactly what happened. But yeah. So it, you know, a lot of those folks, the raw food folks, they would say crazy stuff like soy is toxic for you or um, wheat is toxic for cooked broccoli is toxic for you. Like just crazy stuff there was a lot of weirdness in the vegan community back then there still is but it seemed more prevalent then
2: <laughs> yeah i feel like that nutrient uh anyone when, anyone who starts getting into like nutritional sciences and stuff i mean they should be citing like studies i feel like <laughs> because a lot of there's just so much misinformation out there that's just perpetuated like crazy things and even like uh things that are like, you know, kind of in between where they sound like they make sense a little bit until you look into it. Things like, like anti-nutrients and like leptins and stuff and food. And it's just like, when you look into it, it's like most of that is not an issue at all because you cook it out. But then there's other crazy things where it's just like, oh, like, you know, you got to eat all meat or else you'll, you know, you'll be unhealthy and, uh, you should have super high cholesterol levels. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? (laughs) It's dangerous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you hear it, right? Like I hear it when I go out and, for for I can say back then because so many fewer people I guess were on the internet. People were still spouting misinformation like crazy, but it was a much smaller pool of people doing it. Now yeah. you know, everybody's on the internet, and your reach is much much further than it used to mm-hmm. be. So I feel like misinformation. Even though there's lots of good information on the internet too, yeah. the bad the bad stuff can just spread like rapid fire.
2: Right. Everyone wants to hear bad news or good news about their bad habits. So they hear Mm -hmm. something like, oh, eating cheese is actually great for you. And then it's like the article headline. And then it's like maybe it references a study and it's completely taken out of context or something. It's Mm -hmm. like shit like that. Yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There were no, nobody was looking at studies 20 years ago in the fitness community. I can Mm. tell you that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm grateful that now
0: people are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bodybuilding.com, T Nation.
2: Yeah, that was it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I remember all that. So I, I started lifting uh, like when I was 18. So that was like, geez, uh, fuck, like 14 years ago. I'm I'm getting up there now. <laughs> 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 um, but <laughs> looking back now, it's just like crazy. Bodybuilding.com was like the, the biggest thing back then. And then, yeah, like you said, teenage, I kind of missed that. But I remember all this mis- this bro information was like the only stuff you can get on bodybuilding.com it was like oh do these bro splits and like you look back now it's everyone's saying that you sh- like shouldn't never do that stuff and if you do it like you're stupid it's like dude that's all we the info we had
0: <laughs> yeah i was talking to somebody else about this today actually how that's exactly what we used to do uh, but it was because all of the stuff on bodybuilding.com was based on bodybuilders that use performance enhancing drugs and other things like that but we were all copying them, even though it didn't make sense for people who weren't taking drugs. It would work for them because almost anything yeah. will work when mm-hmm. you're also yeah. taking the drugs. Yeah. You know, at the time, that's just all we knew how to do. So, well, yeah, you still deal with a
1: lot of that this day and age. And it's like you don't want to discourage someone who's fanning out on a 212 pound bodybuilder who's all jacked up on stage. They're motivated. Like, you don't want to rain on the parade and ruin their dream. But on the other mm-hmm. side of the token, when this person is spouting out information that is not going to be applicable to the average person who's not on PEDs, for example, it can be a little bit of a slippery slope. You know, you uh, don't discourage, totally. but also, geez, like, be careful with the information that's spread out there, too.
2: Yeah, like, you want to keep your hopes high, but so it does suck to kind of bring somebody down and be like, well, you're never going to accomplish that. Like, I, I totally get that. But also, it's like... Yeah, you want to walk that thin line where it's like, well, you're probably not going to ever be, like, as a guy, like, 240 pounds at 12% body fat, you know, ever, no matter exactly. what your weight is. <laughs> so, yeah. that is tricky. Um, I want to take a step back here uh, and talk about why you guys both went vegan in the first place, but I feel like we, we kind of glossed over that. What were you guys' individual mm-hmm. reasons for for going vegan? Because you guys went vegan separately.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had very different reasons too. You can go first.
1: Yes, we did. I'm trying to think of the best way to tell this. I
0: Like you haven't told it 400 times before. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. yeah, I want to tell it a little bit differently.
0: <laughs> but
1: long story short, I always wanted to help people. I was a person in the gym that always wanted to offer a spot or offer a word of advice, et cetera, et cetera. And that translated over into life as well. After I did a bodybuilding competition, I realized I had control of my body. And I was dating someone at the time, her mom had a heart attack, the doctors were like, just just don't stress and just eat a little less sugar. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like this can't be the mm-hmm. answer. Logically, I knew that was stupid. I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was talking about. And regardless, I also rapidly found out that there's nothing that I could say to someone to change them. So the best mm-hmm. thing I could do was arm myself with information, and lead by example. And all roads pointed towards eating meat as a condiment or avoiding it altogether. It wasn't, I had no ties to the ethical side of veganism whatsoever. So it was health-based to go plant-based and I made that switch and then I already had the bias and I sought out some social support and through potlucks and community, I realized what was on my plate was an animal, a living, breathing animal with feelings that had to die for me. And I was like, well, that makes perfect sense. Then I also realized, well, you also have to destroy the environment to produce this animal as food and treat it as something that didn't have feelings to die for you. And I was like, wow, okay. So now this is something that makes sense for the environment as well. And it was like a no brainer. And that's when it became mm. my life.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: So his was initially um, all for health reasons.
1: Initially. Sure, yeah.
0: Mine was the opposite of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was.
0: Um, so I actually went vegetarian when I was like eight years old. Um, because I saw a lobster that I was basically hanging out with all day get cooked and it like messed me up as a kid and I was mm-hmm. just like what do you mean like chicken nuggets are chickens and I remember asking my mom like well do we have to eat this and she was like well some people don't and I was like cool I'm gonna do that then <laughs> so <laughs> even though they hated every second of it I just stopped eating like they would still serve me meat every night and I was just mm-hmm. like eat around it from then on out. And they thought it was going to be a phase. (laughs) They were very, very wrong. Um, but I was actually very, very overweight. Like get at the older I got, I did consume a lot of dairy, a lot of Mm -hmm. eggs, like a lot of dairy. And by the time I was 16, I was 210 pounds. Um, but everybody in my family was overweight. So I just was like, okay, this is just genetics. But -hmm. I was writing a paper in senior, English I'm sorry junior English about vegetarianism and I stumbled across this website that explained the connection between the dairy and egg industry mm. and the meat industry because I I would have always said the same thing well chickens lay eggs yep. anyway you got to milk cows what what else are you going to do with it like it doesn't hurt them yep. okay so I learned that that was wrong <laughs> and I just went vegan overnight basically strictly for that I did not want to support this industry so I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about nutrition at all i just stopped eating dairy and eggs and then started learning more and more and the next time i went to the doctor like a couple months later just for a regular checkup they were like you're down 30 pounds whatever you're doing keep doing it and i was like oh what uh like i I was eating shit. i was eating like plain bagels with nothing on them and french fries and coca-cola but i was still losing weight at the time so that's when i actually started to deliberately try to learn something about nutrition and start like exercising basically mm. and that just steamrolled
2: right right so that kind of explains how you also got into fitness too my story is also similar to Giacomo's actually where i got into it for like prevent like you know trying to prevent or slow the rate of you know like plaque build up like you know keep my heart healthy and stuff so i i went mainly plant based uh, originally for that purposes purpose and then i found uh, also how bad dairy and eggs are for you know raising cholesterol levels and all that stuff and so i dropped that and then obviously like once you drop it like i feel like a lo- i hear a lot of other guys have similar stories where like they then kind of like realize that they really really like they understand how terrible these animals are treated and then they go vegan mainly for the uh animals and, and you know all that so i was the same as giacomo there um i've heard of a lot of. uh women especially um being a little more like empathetic to the uh the 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 morals at first do you guys what do you guys think about that
0: yeah i think that that's probably accurate i think that whether it's like in us genetically or it's just pushed on us by society who can say Mm -hmm. but i think women are just taught to be more empathetic and more in touch with their emotions and more caring and nurturing like again i don't know if it's nature or nurture but i think that makes us recognize different things i've also like wondered if it's because like as a as a sex like women are not the ones in charge like we Mm -hmm. often are submissive to like men in lots of different ways so as not being like the leaders if we also recognize that things like children and animals like also are usually in a more vulnerable position that we just connect faster with them i don't know it's just a thought
2: um, yeah I, I read a I read a book all about that uh maybe a year ago i forget the title of it off the top of my head but it's all about like uh basically like a sexism and like how it ties in with the animal agriculture industry it's pretty Is it interesting the sexual
0: politics it? of meat
2: that's it that's it that's yes. it yes <laughs> yeah yep. yeah that that makes a long lot of time sense ago i read right that
0: now. one but i do remember it like kind of sticking and just noticing that um but i yeah. also wonder like you said both of you guys went vegan and then we're like, oh yeah, the animals too. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like something in your brain just doesn't let you even go there <laughs> while you're still like participating in like eating meat. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was gonna uh, mention because I feel like when I try to appeal to um, other guys who don't eat uh, plant-based yet or anything or they're not vegan or whatever, I try to bring up the health aspects. And specifically, I really liked lately to target the, the ED aspect. Of like you know if you're on the route to heart disease or anything like one of the first things that happen you know is that and then it gets a lot of guys so it's <laughs> funny that's Corinne's approach
1: mm-hmm. at events and he pulls no punches. Did I Ryan
0: say Nelson I too? yeah. Ryan
1: Nelson does the same thing. Yeah, they, they'll they'll go right for it. They'll be like, "Are we allowed to curse on your podcast?" They'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> does, your, does your dick work? Because. It might not if you keep eating meat, and they'll just come right yep. right up to, like, a person twice your size, and I'll look at them and be like, well, you may be bigger than me, but <laughs> yeah. you're going to know yep. how to use that thing a little bit. Like, you better talk about meat. They, they'll do that at, like, yeah. the Arnold,
0: the Olympia, when we have a booth there. Thank God that. they're there, because I could not just talk to strangers it's like good. that, but they don't mind. <laughs>
2: it's whatever. yeah. yeah no i love that because sometimes you just really need to just go all in from the bat you know to get somebody interested and that gets a lot of guys interested even my roommate like he i told him about that and he was like damn like maybe i should go plant-based i'm like yeah that'll get you right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: it's a good avenue in
2: <laughs> yeah totally yeah um so, all right. So we uh, to kind of go back to the whole the whole life story here. So you guys uh, formed Vegan Proteins and everything in while you're in Portland, and uh, you guys you guys ran that for a, a while um, for years. And then you, I remember Danny, you mentioned to me in person that you said uh, kind of it's kind of because Amazon, right? Amazon came in and kind of just started being like the biggest distributor of like everything. And it was like, well, you know, you guys kind of segued into online uh, coaching and stuff, right?
0: Yeah. So I had actually started coaching. I actually started coaching because of Giacomo. Um, Giacomo was competing and Robert Mm -hmm. was competing and I was watching some of the stuff they were doing. Like we were just talked about, we all did stupid things in fitness 15 years ago. Um, But I remember watching them and just being like, there has got to be a better way than what these two jackals are doing right (laughs)
2: So I
0: became just like obsessed with like researching the most evidence-based, I guess. They didn't even call it that back then. But the best practices Mm -hmm. to get in bodybuilding shape, peak week, compete, all of that. So I learned all of that back then before I had ever stepped on stage myself, actually. Mm -hmm. And some of our other vegan friends would be like, Danny, can you help me? I want to compete And I was like, sure, I don't know what I'm doing, but we can learn together. (laughs) And Mm. this was probably back in like 2012, I would say. Mm.
1: Well, that was right around the time we started Plant Built. Correct. Yeah. And several of those athletes were coached by Danny on that very first team that we had 10 years ago.
0: So we had the supplement shop going at the same time Mm. that I was coaching people and I was getting better and I was earning a reputation for being pretty good at it. And then finally I was like, okay, if I can get all these people to get on stage, I should probably just like do it. Like maybe I can do it too. I didn't think I could because I had lost so much weight. I just didn't think I'd ever be able to like look the part um, Uh because that much weight loss does a lot to your body that other people don't have to deal with. But um, I did it and I was pretty good at it. So, and competed for several years and may still compete in the future, just not right this Mm -hmm. minute. But yeah, in like 2015, we basically like looked at the books, looked at what was happening in the world. And it was such a mixed bag of emotion to be like, I Mm -hmm. think we should shut the shop down Um, Mm. because we had had it for so long and we loved doing it. We hand wrote notes to people that ordered from us and all that stuff, but it wasn't making like literally any money anymore because we had to make our margins so small to compete with Mm -hmm. Amazon. And Mm -hmm. also, like I said, people could just walk into a store now and buy a lot of these things so mm-hmm. that also made us happy to know that it was so yeah. much easier for people to get these things. That the world like didn't need our little vegan supplement shop. So we just both pivoted hard into coaching, and that was, I guess, like eight ish years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And now. Yeah, we have I imagine coaches, that. So.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I imagine that being pretty bittersweet. Like you kind of mentioned, it's like you see veganism growing so much during these years, and. It's cool in a way, but all of a sudden it's just like, damn. Well, I guess it's time to shut up shop and then switch to something else. But you're still helping out the vegan community so much with what you guys do.
1: Well, we also made sure to frame it that way when we made a public announcement that the world didn't need uh, online vi- vegan.
0: vegan <laughs> <double>
1: exactly. <shop. laughs> so it was actually a celebration of sorts, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's how we pivoted immediately and made it make sense to everyone, as opposed to being something that was emotionally challenging and hard to let go of. Yeah.
0: But that is why yeah. our coaching company is called vegan proteins. It's mm-hmm. because it, we used to be a store that yep. sold proteins, but we're not changing yeah. it now. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> when you, uh, when you guys explain that, like I was actually, I, I forgot for a second, but I, I remembered, um, your guy's shop back in the day. Uh, and, um, I didn't put it together though. I didn't put together that like I was, I remember hearing about the coaching and I was like, why is this called vegan proteins? <laughs> like, I, I was missing something. And then when you guys said that, uh, told me, like, reminded me about the shop, basically, I was like, oh my God, wait, now I get this. Like, I get the whole timeline now.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, you had to see the whole thing to understand what the heck we were doing. We're trying to, like, low key call it vegan proteins online coaching now, but mm. it's, we're still going to call it vegan proteins.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so also you you kind of mentioned you guys you guys started Plant Built in you said 2012. Uh for anyone who doesn't know what what is Plant Built exactly?
1: Plant Built is the largest team of vegan strength athletes in the world. To date, I only know of one other team that was somewhere in Europe. and There was like four or five of them, but it kind of was just dead in the water, but for us we started off as a team of 10. 10 mm-hmm. years ago in bodybuilding only, and then next year we added on powerlifting, and over the course of time, we've competed in six different sports. Mm-hmm. We just competed, and you know, because you were there a couple, about like a month two ago in yeah. Miss America, mm-hmm. and we competed in five sports at once. We took home 41 medals, 31 of them being first place medals, one titles. It's just, it's actually pretty surreal that 10 years later we're yeah. still going strong as a team of athletes, and we're like 30 plus athletes out there this year Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and it's really cool i mean i know you saw but for people listening like we don't just go out and compete against each other which a lot of people think we just compete in vegan competitions which there are no vegan competitions except for one that i can think of we compete against everybody like who's not vegan and the point is we're trying to show that like we can hang basically as vegan athletes and a lot of times we win so that's what we're trying to show, that you don't need to eat meat or consume whey protein or egg whites, and you can still be a strong, competitive strength athlete, right. specifically.
1: And yes, we're loud and proud about calling ourselves a vegan team, but our results speak for themselves. For us, it's about competing and winning. And that is our end. because there's really no disputing. When you beat someone else, fair is fair. You've taken mm-hmm. A podium placing and now you have a chance to be heard and listened to or at the very least be seen as an athlete who can be competitive And that's our yeah, that's basically our, our talking point. That's how we get a chance to have conversations yeah.
2: yeah, I love that so much It's also just great activism in itself because like you guys said like you just demonstrate first-hand it's like well we beat you at this, and all you know. Everyone talk loves to talk shit online about how right. vegans can't be strong, and then all of a sudden you see like Ryan Stills deadlifting like seven hundred and what forty six, seven hundred sixty pounds or something insane. And it's mm-hmm. like, come on, dude how do you, how do you forty seven like...
0: years old? Like he's <laughs> yeah, almost yeah, yeah. fifty. He's a natural yeah. athlete. Yup. It's and all the whole team is natural. That's really important to us because we don't want people to say, oh well, you must all be on drugs. So there are certainly vegans that exist that do take performance enhancing drugs, but we make an effort to make sure that our team is not that. So that can't be used as like an argument against us.
2: Right, right. Yeah. So they're, they're drug tested for anyone who doesn't know, but yeah. so. That, is, that makes a lot of sense too. It, it rules out that argument right off the bat because people also love to throw that out online. They love to say that. It's like, well, yeah. this guy's only jacked because he's on steroids and that's the only reason why you can be jacked as a <sighs> vegan. It's like, dude, nah, man. It's not yeah. true.
0: <laughs> and it always... Every time I see that, I'm just like, you just basically told everybody you don't know anything about fitness. If you think that is what performance enhancing drugs look like, like that's what I always hear is I'm bad because I don't look good enough. So everybody else is on steroids.
2: (laughs) Oh, people love throwing that out there too. It's like, well, we don't, I don't look as good as you. Oh, you're on steroids. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, definitely.
2: (laughs) Um, so just, uh, I, I want to kind of highlight what were some of these, uh, these, um, These feats of strength that were demonstrated at, like, the Mr. America, for example. Like, can you guys think of anything else off the top of your head, just to throw some numbers out there? Or some records that were maybe...
0: Oh, I wish I could remember some specific numbers off the top of my head. But I know that Angeline came in from France, uh, and she Mm -hmm. competed in Strongman. And I might have these numbers slightly wrong, but she... Ukrainian deadlifted, which is basically like a deficit deadlift that looks like a keg that you're pulling off the floor. That thing mm-hmm. was almost 300 pounds. And she did it 22 times in a row in 60 seconds.
2: That's insane. And and for, for context, how much does she weigh? Like, what's her weight?
0: Probably like 160, 170 maybe. Um, All right, yeah, that natural is, that female. Is She's like 24 years old or something like that. And she won. She won the entire event, the entire Strong Woman event. She came in first. Um, Sophie, who's also on our team, came in second in... I'm sorry, she came in first in the lightweight category in Strong Woman, so that put her second in the whole competition. Mm -hmm. Ryan Stills, like you just mentioned, won the entire competition for powerlifting. We had a girl named Katie who squatted 400 pounds in powerlifting. Just bananas. Uh, Yeah, she's a beast.
1: Kettlebell, but I clearly saw.
0: 208. For Hege? Hege did. So kettlebell sport is totally weird. I don't think you got to see that Mm. one. Kettlebell sport is weird because it's 10 minutes straight with the kettlebell. You're doing like, uh, in this case, she was doing a snatch for 10 minutes straight with like a 30 pound kettlebell. Mm -hmm. If you put it down, you're done. You can switch hands once, but you cannot put it down at all. 10 freaking minutes so it's like strength meets cardio she got 208 reps in 10 minutes with a 30 pound kettlebell
2: i can't even fathom that for 10 minutes like i can't think of like running like running for 10 minutes is hard (laughs) for a lot of people like that's insane
0: (laughs) well then our other kettlebell sport gal her name's sarah lee Mm -hmm. she did what they call a marathon which is 30 Mm -hmm. minutes it's 30 minutes of she did the clean and jerk um for 30 That's straight insane. minutes. Yeah, it was. And we sat there and watched the entire
1: thing, <laughs> cheered her on. Years prior, <laughs> we saw her officiate in a, was it a, a world record? A world record. A world record on one of our previous competitions yeah. as well.
0: She was the first woman ever to complete the marathon with two kettlebells. So 30 She's minutes cool. with two kettlebells, yeah. clean and jerk.
2: Um, I can't even, yeah. I can't, like, it blows my mind. It's just insane. <laughs> it just does not make sense.
0: <laughs> On our CrossFit team, our, we had our guys won first place in the men's, and our girls won first place in the women's, and I didn't get to see all of that, so I don't know exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Plus, I don't totally mm-hmm. understand CrossFit scoring, if I'm being honest, but we won all of it. We won the entire yeah. CrossFit game, so that was cool. Bodybuilding, this was not our year in bodybuilding, I would say, um, our bodybuilders all looked fantastic. Um, everybody held their own up there, but I think the only person mm. who won... Um, actually, she didn't win. Nadej had her mm. pro debut. She won last year and this was her pro mm. debut, and she got third, which is pretty impressive that's, in your first ever huge, pro yeah. show. Mm. But it was also the biggest pro team we've ever had. We had, I yes. think, six pro bodybuilders on stage, and they all placed in the top five, um, but we didn't have anybody that won. But still, I think it was, I still think it was our most competitive bodybuilding team we've ever had. Oh, yeah.
2: Hands down. I mean, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, The whole, the whole event was like dominated by plant built lifters, which I loved. You just saw all these hoodies and everything. It was, it was so cool to see that many uh, plant based athletes there represented. So I love what you guys are doing with that. Like, I think it's the coolest fucking thing ever. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you got to come out and see it too. Oh, yeah
2: yeah it was amazing yeah thank you guys again for that that was that was such a cool experience It, you know it just, just i i can't compete at that level like i'm just not built like that so like you know for context these these guys and girls are so incredibly like they're just incredible examples so they're uh they're amazing um and then am i missing out on anything else that you guys are are also doing besides uh plant built and vegan proteins coaching right now yes actually so we do vegan strong (laughs) as well so vegan Vegan strong Strong, and plant
0: built we kind of merged those together plant built was ours vegan strong was something else and then we kind of merged them to make it all happen but the other thing vegan strong does is we tour the country going Mm -hmm. to large fitness expos like the arnold like the olympia and we just have a table there we're not competing or anything Mm. we have a table and we talk to people about our lord and savior veganism basically <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah we really do we drive well, that point home but
0: it, you know it's it's all that some of the biggest meat eaters egg eaters yeah. mm-hmm. whey eaters in the world at these events and they come up to the table and ask us questions and that's just what we're there to do we're just there to educate people and answer the questions if they have them
2: oh that's awesome yeah um do you guys uh are you guys Bible thumpers with the um, oh god uh, Earthling Ed's book, vegan propaganda book? Just like hey, love that book. Uh, <laughs> we
0: it. We, it. <laughs> we like it a lot. Um, I like Earthling Ed. He's he's good. Like he's smooth with his talking for sure. He's oh he's but- great. But we, we don't come from a judgy place with people at these shows ever because that's, right. that's not going to help anybody. That's not going to help anybody make a change. It's just going to solidify that vegans are a bunch of assholes and they're not going to want to mm. have anything to do with us. But, you know, if they come up with, sometimes they'll come over to heckle us a little bit. And most of the time we can kind of change their mind a little bit mm-hmm. um, when yeah. they realize we're like not going to bite We'll fight with them. Uh, you know, we can get them to you know, here's some coupons here go try this you, you don't know how you can get protein here's some free coupons for like field roast you can go give it a try i bet you you're really gonna like it so that's the other thing we have like coupon sample stuff so that they can actually go to the store and try stuff on their own
2: yeah that, that's awesome too um yeah that i really like that approach to activism where it's kind of like you know you're not like you said uh vegans earned like kind of this this bad rap before and I don't know where I don't know if it was actually a legit thing or just blown out of proportion or what, but um I love the approach of being like, you know, look at what we accomplished. Like look at all this awesome stuff and here are the facts kind of thing and then that's really what converts people. And also it's just like here, give it a shot. Like here's a discount. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you can reach so many people that way too.
0: We talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. we're planting seeds that's the idea we're just trying to plant some seeds out there and you know if what if we influence one person who has a ton of influence in their own gym or their own like fitness market that can then you know influence more people that's that's what it's all about
2: yeah definitely yeah one one thing leads right to another Mm -hmm. um so, speaking of which, what does the uh, the future look like for for you guys? You guys have big plans with all this stuff, or we actually kind
0: well, of keep going with, with vegan it? with vegan proteins uh, with our mm. coaching company, we do have some pretty big plans yes. for next year. We actually are meeting this next weekend to like lay out all of the content and stuff for next year. So very excited about that. But with plant built and vegan strong, um, every year at the end of the year, we have to wait to hear if we have funding. Uh, which is completely out of our hands so
2: Mm. if it does
0: if we do we'll be back and it'll be bigger and better than ever and if we don't we will be on the internet a lot more than we are right now
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome guys um all right so let's uh i don't want to take too much of more your time i know it's about seven right now um but i do want to close out with a couple things so um, one big thing that I'd love to kind of touch on is for people who have been—you you guys have been vegan um, and into fitness for so long now—and um, you've you, you guys have seen every everything like changed and all these people come and go with veganism and all these new you know vegans coming. Um, what are some what, what's some big advice you would offer maybe to? Uh, people who are into um, some sort of sport maybe, or physique sports, strength sports, whatever, and they want to go vegan. What kind of advice would you guys offer there in terms of maybe tr- nutrition, maybe like finding a support group, like um, things like that, resources maybe? What do you What do you think? If you had to give yourself advice maybe from the past?
1: Well, especially in this day and age with there's just far too much information out there and you just don't know what's up or down. Seek out definitely seek out some in-person support if you can. See if you can find community. Go to a, a local veg fest if you have access to that. Mm-hmm. You you can check out our content too. We have a, we run a podcast as well. We have a YouTube channel, so you can you can reach out to us directly, for example. And you can check out Vegan Strong. You can check out Plant Built. Yeah, there's all there's all kinds of support out there as well. And you can reach out to the athletes on the Plant Built team. Mm-hmm. Also, so you can see what each, each athlete has their own bio with some information about what they how they eat and how they train et cetera et etc and how to contact them as well as us.
0: I would say like a lot of times when people are want to go vegan they think they have to just like reinvent the wheel They need to flip their life completely upside down to do it and I don't think it needs to be that way. If somebody's already into sports and they want to go more plant-based, let's say maybe eventually vegan, they can start by just swapping out their protein powder or swapping out their dairy milk for a non-dairy milk. And maybe they do that for a while. And then maybe they swap out their fish for tofu. And then maybe mm-hmm. they try some of the like mock meats that are out there. Like it doesn't have to be overnight and it doesn't have to be perfect to be really, really effective.
1: We're loud and proud about using the vegan word. And we definitely encourage people to identify with it and to not fear it. But there are a lot of people who are like quiet vegan. We're not mm-hmm. 100% plant-based that come to us all the time because you, when you come to at someone with, from a non-judgmental standpoint, you give mm-hmm. them the chance to feel comfortable with what they're doing. But regardless of our approach, there are plenty of others out there, just like you, who don't necessarily need to say, I'm vegan or like, or like worry about being judged by others or like everyone's different. Some people will want to be out there. other people just want to be quiet and do their own thing. Regardless, like you can make dietary changes, you can make lifestyle changes, and you can do it on your own time.
2: I think that's great advice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you guys had to uh, give a specific um, recommendation, this is kind of just like (laughs) just me uh, wanting to hear more about your guys' personal preferences here for protein powders, for example, what would you say? So, like Danny kind of mentioned, like swapping for their protein powder for something else and for people who have you know ran a vegan protein business what uh what are some of your guys favorites
0: well ironically i don't like protein powder very much (laughs) i think it's because (laughs) i overdid it so much when i was younger but i will speak very highly of the new fita protein that's out right now it's Uh f-y-t-a it's james wilkes from the game changers made it He sent me a bag to try, and I just said, Hey, straight up, I don't like protein powder very much, so don't expect too much from me. But I was very impressed. It's made from upcycled barley, and it just. Yeah, and fava bean protein, too, I think. I think so. I'd have to pull it out. It it might have fava bean protein in it. um, I tried some myself,
2: and it was the. It mixed so well, it was insane.
0: It like disappears. It just absolutely vanishes (laughs) when you put it in water. I'm a
1: little more old school with my protein powder i like it to puff up a little bit gamma style <laughs> and with the fighter stuff it does taste really good but like i go to make protes out of that and it's, it's just like yep. doesn't because it, it just doesn't puff up the pros like for me i was I like, just gonna say that you know what i mean so i like that old stuff old school kind of stuff uh, i do like plant fusion a lot i also like the fact that they believe in us and they sponsor us and to yep. me that means just as much as if like this thing tastes a certain way like that's a company that, that I, I i like their stuff and i like the fact that they support the vegan movement and they have since day one they're like one of the ogs that being said i also like making my own blends so i can go to nutritioncom and i can make a 70p 30 mm-hmm. rice blend and flavor up the way i want it but yeah again the fighter stuff tastes really really good and it's clean it, um it's a little it's a little cost prohibitive. Yeah. If you can't yeah. afford to pay for for the way they manufacture it, which is also environmentally friendly, so it seems. But then also it doesn't puff up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh it's so funny, I was gonna say the same thing. I tried to make uh, protein uh, pancakes out of FIDA. It was a big fail. It <laughs>
0: Yeah. Did not Natalie work at all. we were talking to Natalie Matthews this past week and we went out with uh, her and George and she was saying the same thing. She loved it to drink it, but to like make recipes yeah. it was not the right one.
2: <laughs> yep. Definitely mm-hmm. agree there. Um, all right, so where can uh, people find you guys and all your stuff on uh, social media?
0: So you can find me at vegan proteins on Instagram. You can
1: and find me at muscles by brussels on Instagram.
0: Yeah, was at Muscles by Brussels. We have a YouTube channel called Vegan Proteins, and our podcast is called Muscles by Brussels Radio. And then all of awesome. our information is at veganproteins.com. <laughs>
2: Awesome, guys. Well, um, thank you guys so much for the chat. This is awesome. Um, Great having you guys on. It was such a huge pleasure. Um, Any last words you guys want to say at all before we we sign out here?
0: No, man. Thank you for having us. This was really fun.
2: Yeah, this was a blast. Definitely, guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, And I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 8th Broach podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, it would mean a ton if you gave the podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Player FM, Pinecast, or any other service you're listening to it on, and if you subscribe to the Ethics Fitness YouTube channel, Instagram page, Twitter, and Facebook page. Feel free to check out the articles, training, and nutrition programs, coaching services, and merch on ethics And if you like what I'm making, dropping a like commenting and sharing would mean a ton to me. Thank you so much again, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.